0: Think about it from lepers to prostitutes from widows to soldiers from the high and mighty to the low and dirty people of all type crossed Jesus path and as they did as they encountered the Savior they were transformed they were utterly changed and these stories move me not only because I love reading historical accounts of what happened back then they move me because They give me a sense of what can happen right now. Jesus, friends, is in the transformation business. He meets people right where they are. But as they engage Him, they leave far different.
1: You're listening to the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSome, bringing biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and put into practice. My name is Gwen DeSelm, and it is my privilege to be the host of this weekly podcast. Our teacher, Dave DeSelm, was the founding senior pastor of Fellowship Missionary Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where he served for nearly 35 years. Today, Dave is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a weekly blog, devotionals, individual and group coaching speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at DaveDussellMinistries.org. Let's rejoin Dave now as he tells the story of a man who had an amazing encounter with Jesus. And as you listen to his story, I pray that you'll hear your own as well. Here's Pastor Dave.
0: Let's open our Bibles then to Luke 19. Luke 19. I was thinking, so how does this series begin? Where to start? I could have started with Joseph and Mary, because they certainly encountered Jesus. I could have talked about John the Baptist. He certainly encountered Jesus. I could have talked about Nicodemus. He encountered Jesus. But deep in his three-year ministry, he encountered this man. And I was just riveted by a familiar account that harkens back to a little song that many of you heard and sang when you were children. Zacchaeus, what, sing, a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And the Lord said, Zacchaeus? Oh, you got to say it more forcefully than that. Come on. (laughs) Jeff, we used to sing this together, buddy. All right, Jeff, lead us out. Zacchaeus, the Lord said, Zacchaeus? There you go, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. There you go, Zacchaeus, right? Dr. Luke records the story of this wee little man in chapter 19, in your Bibles, on the screens, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. and to save the lost. Jericho. In the first century, Jericho was a beautiful, bustling city, surrounded by palm trees, refreshed by springs, scented by uh, rose gardens and balsam groves. Jericho was a vacation spot. People honeymooned in Jericho. It was a beautiful city. Situated on a crossroads that brought in merchants from the east on the way to the capital of Jerusalem, it was also a prosperous trading city. As a result, it was one of the wealthiest cities in the Near East. Beautiful, bustling, bountiful Jericho. And because it was thriving so greatly for the Romans, it was one of the best tax sources in the empire. The Romans who occupied Palestine in the first century, they didn't smell roses when they came to Jericho. They smelled money. They smelled money. To set the stage for Luke's account here, it's spring. And the travelers and the traders are already in the streets of Jericho on this beautiful morning. But on this day, there's a buzz of excitement well beyond the norm. The celebrated young rabbi, Jesus of Nazareth, has been said to be approaching and coming to town. The streets fill. The crowds swell with anticipation. People push and shove, elbowing for good vantage points. This one who seems to carry so much promise. Some are actually saying that he's the Messiah, the coming one. But for one man, elbowing isn't enough. His name is Zacchaeus. He's short and he can't see over the crowd. So he has to climb a tree in order to see Jesus. Who was Zacchaeus? What was he about? Ken Geyer offers this narrative, which I thought was quite picturesque. He says this, Somehow this short man has survived growing up in a tall world, growing up the object of stairs, growing up the brunt of jokes, growing up as the kid who got pushed around. In the jostled process of growing up, a part of his childhood was trodden underfoot, and that tender part of him died, crushed under the calloused and often cruel feet of the tall. But somewhere along the way to adulthood, Zacchaeus learned to compensate, first to laugh at the jokes, later to fight back. And so as he climbed the professional ladder, he stepped on anyone who stood in his way. He'd show them. He'd show them all. Someday, they'd look up to him. So at last he made it to the top. Chief tax collector. King of the hill. But the hill he rules is a dung hill, at least in the eyes of the people. For tax collectors are despised as as ruthless bill collectors for corrupt government. In our day and age, if you would admit to be an IRS agent, you would certainly receive your share of criticism and cynicism. I happen to work for the government. Really? What branch? I work for the IRS. Really? Tax collectors aren't necessarily popular in our day. In that day, they were absolutely despised. The entire taxation structure of the Roman Empire lent itself to abuse. In order to finance their armies, in order to fuel their economy, they taxed their subjects big time. As you might imagine, there was an income tax. On top of that, there was an annual poll tax, out of which all men from 14 to 65 and all women from 12 to 65 had to pay a tax just to justify their existence. There was a tax on all grain and wine and oil. There were all kinds of tolls and duties on roads, bridges, and harbors. At times, the taxation actually bordered on the ridiculous. I read this in my study. A tax was due for a cart on the highway for every wheel of the cart and for the animal that pulled the cart. Taxes taxes, taxes. But here's where the system really headed south. As long as the Romans got their cut, tax collectors could charge whatever they wanted. Can you imagine? Since there was no television, there was no radio, there were no newspapers, there were no cell phones, there was no social media, there were no checks and balances, this system was filled with abuse. The common person had no idea what he was supposed to pay in taxes. So if a tax collector pulled you over and said, you owe a tax for this, you owe a tax for that, you had no choice but to pay it. Tax collectors were collaborators with Rome. They were also considered connivers. They were rated in the same category as robbers and and murderers they were not allowed to attend the synagogue they were totally ostracized from society true they had wealth and they had power but they had no friends in fact the only friends of tax collectors were other tax collectors this was Zacchaeus world but he'd heard stories about this young rabbi named jesus And he was actually said to be a friend of tax collectors. Why, he'd heard of his colleague Matthew, chief tax collector in Capernaum, that Jesus had actually eaten with him and drunk with him and spent time in his home. In fact, Matthew had actually walked away from his tax table, not for a greater salary, but for no salary just to follow along with the man who would be his friend. This Jesus must be some man. Zacchaeus' head is spinning right now. What must he be like? A Messiah who's the friend of tax collectors. So he shinnies up a tree and he literally goes out on a limb to see who Jesus is. The crowd is huge. People are draped out of windows like laundry floating in the wind. Kids are on their dad's shoulders. Jesus now makes his way through the town. People are calling his name. He nods here. He smiles there. He gets them below the sycamore tree. In the midst of all else, he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, I'd like to come to your house today. How would you like to have been Zacchaeus at that point in time? Those piercing eyes looking straight into you. Zacchaeus would have realized, this man sees my true stature. Not the condition of my height, but of my heart. And all the cheating, all the conniving, all the fighting, all the struggling, All the self-protective behavior now comes to the surface. For years, Zacchaeus' job had been to render unto Caesar. Now, he has to render unto Christ. And his soul knows the account is not good. The ledger is filled with entries, money extorted, money under the table, Money skimmed off the top. Money, money, money. And yet he was utterly bankrupt. But here's the cool thing. Jesus is not looking for an audit. He's looking for an opportunity. And he says, Zacchaeus, I think I'd like to spend time with you. He sees this little man who has been stepped on and look down upon all of his life, and Jesus' heart is filled with compassion. He recognizes this guy has grown up determined to be a survivor. Born of circumstances, born of how he was treated, this little man had determined to survive. And while his wallet had grown big, His heart had grown small. Zacchaeus, you come down. I'd like to stay at your house. The crowd is aghast. What? His house? Do you know who he is? This is the biggest rip-off artist in all of Jericho. You want to go to him? But the whispered innuendo does not detour the intimate moment. And the man who went out on a limb, finds that Jesus is ready, willing, and able to encounter him. Reading between the lines of the account, can you imagine what would have happened? They walked to the rich man's house. What have they talked about? What questions had Zacchaeus asked? What answers had Jesus provided? What issues had been resolved? We don't know. All we know is Luke picks up the account and says these words, you see, by way of the screen, which show a radically transformed life. Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I, if, since I, (laughs) have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back. And this is amazing. The law only demanded two times. He's now going to start paying people back. Four times the amount. Jesus said, Today, salvation has come to this house. What's he saying? What you just see here is a transformed man. What had taken a lifetime to accumulate, one sentence of devotion liquidates. His repentance is profound. He shows by his deeds He really has encountered the Savior. Centuries earlier, the walls of Jericho came down, didn't they? It was a miracle. That day, there was another miracle. The walls surrounding a rich man's heart came tumbling down. And he opened up to the Savior.
1: Thank you for listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. Dave will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's message. But if you're enjoying this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review. Then share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you'd like to support us in this ministry, just go to davedeselmministries.org and click on the Donate button. In addition to this podcast— Dave Diselle Ministries offers other resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead such as the Everyday Pastor blog. In each post, Dave offers practical insight and personal experience born of over 40 years of pastoral leadership. Just head over to davediselleministries.org/blog and you can browse the over 100 posts found there on topics related to discipleship, leadership skills, relationships and heart matters and while you're there click on the subscribe button and you can have each new post sent directly to your email inbox now let's return to dave and the conclusion of today's message
0: somehow this is so much richer than that goofy little song isn't it but i see this and i think man, this is so what a great encounter and then i think well how do i apply this I don't think we have any IRS agents here in the fellowship family. So how do we apply this? I begin to think not what Zacchaeus was, but why Zacchaeus was who he was. Zacchaeus was a survivor. Put in a difficult situation due to circumstances, he determined to protect himself and to provide for himself no matter what. And that being the case, I think there are those of us who are going to hear my voice today who are in his sandals. Those who were bullied and browbeaten and made fun of most of your life, and you learn to fight back. If not with your fists, with your words. Those who were used and abused And you learned to shut others out. No one will ever invade my space. Those who grew up having little and learned to snatch and grab and keep and hoard. Those who were betrayed or abandoned and learned not to trust anybody. It wasn't that you were a short man in a tall man's world but you learned how to survive. And as you did, in your attempt to insulate your heart, you realize that you have isolated your heart. No one will ever hurt you again, but you realize it's a pretty lonely existence to live as a survivor. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus sees you. He knows all that you faced growing up. He knows all that you experienced in that family, at that school, in that marriage, on that job. He knows how you have tried to protect yourself and defend yourself. And he knows your name. Perhaps even now you can sense him calling your name. Hey, I see you. I see you. You come down. I'd love to be your friend. I'd love to mark your life. I'd love to change your future. I don't know how much Zacchaeus knew about Jesus, but he knew enough to at least dare to say, I'd like to get to know you. Would you be willing to take that risk this morning? Would you be willing to go out on a limb? You said, I feel kind of vulnerable. I feel rather exposed. I feel a little bit foolish. I'm sure Zacchaeus did too. But he dared to go out on a limb, and he ended up richer than he could ever imagine to investigate who Jesus was. One more thing. There are others here. Perhaps this is you. You have come to know Jesus as your Savior. You have. But you consistently default to a survivor mentality. It's all up to you. It's you against the world. Listen. If Jesus is, in fact your friend, and your Savior, you can rest in his love. It's not all up to you. It's not just you against the world. He's your friend. He's your Savior. He's your provider. He's your protector. If you would dare to let down your guard and go out on a limb, you might find that you open up to a whole new future.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.